0: Days 40 and 41 Posted November 19th, 2002 10.58 AM Good Studio Hunting Day It was a beautiful day in New York City this morning, particularly if you enjoy obscenely cold wind whipping across your face as it travels down a concrete wind tunnel devoid of any direct sunlight. I grew up within an hour of New York, so I'm painfully aware that it's not even gotten that cold yet. Still, I'm starting to recall the original logic behind moving to Los Angeles. Nine times out of 10, the impetus for anyone who makes that particular cross-country move is the weather. My impetus was no exception. On Saturday, my job was to look at studios in New York City. Since neither Willie nor I ever worked in New York, we weren't familiar with the rooms. Willie wanted me to find a room that would be good for us to do overdubs. Apparently, With our sudden pressing budget constraints, it has become necessary for me to search out an adequate overdub room for not too much money, whatever the fuck that means. Compared to the cost of the tracking room in which we are currently scheduled, the L.A. Womb could be considered not too much money at $1,800 per day. That's because we're scheduled for several weeks to be tracking in, by all accounts, the most expensive studio in New York City. From what I understand, The actual studio costs, which are quite hefty in their own right, can pale in comparison to the cost of fringe extras that don't technically come with the room. Even a glass of water is supposed to cost a fortune at this studio. In fact, the extraneous charges in this particular studio can be so outrageous that I can't help but wonder if there is a corkage fee for anyone who brings in his or her own water. So there I was, trekking all over Manhattan on a Saturday, looking at recording studios that cost only slightly less than the L.A. Womb to try and save money for the project. Yet five band members, a producer, a personal assistant, and myself are all staying in hotels in midtown Manhattan, all in an effort to cut costs. Willie and the band spent the day in rehearsal, and I spent the day peeking in at seven studios. I probably walked for a total of three hours between studios and train stations. Jesus! I'm pathetically out of shape. By the time I finished looking at the last studio, my thighs were in such cramps, I couldn't actually walk without limping. My feet were blistered, and I was working on a matched pair of shin splints, both of which are absolutely killing me today. There were times that I would have loved to catch a cab, but for some inexplicable reason, they don't stop for me. In addition to being out of shape, I didn't bring my sneakers with me, I was actually planning to purchase sneakers in New York, as I wanted to replace mine anyway, but I didn't have time to do that on good studio hunting day. Consequently, I found myself walking throughout the city in my Australian-made Blundstone boots. I discussed these shoes earlier in this diary, and I'm happy to report that I still love them, because they are extremely comfortable. Unfortunately, they are not what one would term sensible power-walking shoes. I had many conversations by cell phone with Willie on Saturday. Quite frankly, he was annoying the shit out of me for his inability to make up his mind. It was quite clear that he didn't want to work at any of the overdub rooms that I was visiting, regardless of their quality. He wanted to book the entire project at the super expensive tracking studio. After I soaked in a hot bath in an effort to relieve the cramping of my thighs... Willie made his way uptown from where he and the band had been rehearsing. Most thankfully, he didn't bring the band with him, and we went out to eat. Apparently, when Willie is in New York, he likes to eat steak. That was okay with me, because when I'm in New York, I like to drink 18-year-old scotch, specifically the McAllen. It was good to chat with Willie again, as I drank my 18-year-old scotch and ate a salad that contained as much arterial clogging power as the steak that Willie was eating. My kingdom for a lightly tossed tricolore salad, hold the cheese. We talked about Lance and his upcoming wedding into royalty. Apparently the daughter that Lance impregnated is like the princess of some country I've never heard of before. I doubt that even Alex Trebek has heard of this country, and from what I can tell, Alex knows everything. I guess there's a big hurry to get the wedding done because the father doesn't want the daughter showing as she wears a white wedding dress symbolizing her pureness and virginity. Go figure. From now on, Lance will be known as a prince, although according to Willie, he'll have no power and will never be able to rule in the country. I don't think he'll even be allowed in their country. Shit. I thought my life was interesting. Lance is the one who should be writing a diary. Or maybe not. Again, again, I seriously considered leaving this information out, because quite honestly, I don't believe it myself. It sounds a little far-fetched to me, but Willie assures me that it's all true. As Willie cut into a stake the size of my laptop computer, he began expressing how pleased he was with the new drummer. Willie felt the drummer was strong in both his playing abilities and his look. That was all well and good, but we still had to contend with Harmon's shitty playing. Eeyore's lack of ingenuity regarding guitar sounds, and dumbass's keyboard overdubs. I can't wait for that treat. But my inner voice, the one that Dalai Lama introduced to me, that I used to tell to shut the fuck up, advised me to keep that particular bit of negative energy to myself. Ong Nama Dev Namo... Ong Namo Guru Dev Namo Ong Namo Guru Dev Namo In the course of our dinner, Willie finally filled me in on what was going on. Apparently, the sessions were moved to New York so as to be directly overseen by a woman who was hired personally by Marv Ellis to be Bitch Slap's AR representative Her sole duty is the overseeing of this project. I have named her Penny Pincher, although I happen to know she didn't get to where she is by pinching pennies. Jeremiah was no longer overseeing this project, although to date he still works for the company. Willie claimed to know little about Penny, save the fact that she used to be Marv's secretary and managed to move very quickly up the ranks of the company. Now Penny was in charge of Marv's pet project and she has made things difficult for Willie right from the start. This should be interesting. On Sunday, Willie and I ate in Little Italy. It's funny when you tell people that you're going to Little Italy, because the person you're revealing this information to invariably gets excited and immediately divulges what they have personally deemed to be the best restaurant in Little Italy. The limo driver from the airport was partial to Vincent's. My manager insisted we go to Umberto's, and the concierge at the hotel preferred Angelese. Since Willie was buying, I let him pick. He picked Umberto's. Our new personal assistant arrived late Sunday night. I've named him Rod. He met Willie and me for some drinks at a small local Irish pub as we watched the Lakers game via satellite. Rod is totally cool. There's no doubt in my mind that Rod is gonna work out fantastically. Sometimes I get overcome by a good vibe from a person, And this was one of those times. He's totally into the job at hand, wholly prepared to pitch in and makes our lives easier. And he loves the Lakers. What more could I possibly want in an assistant? I know of marriages that have been based on less, most impressively of all. And I don't know this for sure, but I believe he actually had a tear in his eye when the Lakers lost to Houston last night. Either that or he got some hot sauce in his eye. Mixer Man.